Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 103, recorded May 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, new Bluetooth attack on cars and locks, how air tags are used by criminals, death prompts changes to warrant procedures, expensive cars stolen and recovered, other criminals, meetups, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post full links, but you can always find full show notes with links at thelocksportscast.com. First up in the news, we'll talk about some physical security issues, but not lockpicking. So high-performance and classic cars stolen in Westland and found in Toledo. This is out of Michigan. The first story was May 24th. Officials say surveillance video recorded a group trying to steal Cadillac converters from a neighboring business. It appears they then turned their attention to three enclosed trailers parked at Magnuson Superchargers. Early in the morning of Tuesday, May 24th, the owner got a call from a neighboring business about an open trailer in the back lot. When he arrived, he discovered that they had broken into all three trailers, leaving behind only cut padlocks and tie-down chains. The owner said they took everything, including the tools that were up on the deck. Inside those trailers, three highly customized supercharged vehicles, an 06 Ford Mustang and a 16 Chevy Camaro, both owned by Magnuson, as well as an 07 Jeep Grand Cherokee owned by a customer. The Westland Police Department received reports of break-ins and thefts at three other addresses in the area on the same night. One of those was Jeff Burgess's classic Ford Gran Torino stolen from a nearby business. A second article on May 26 said that all four of the vehicles had been recovered and returned to their owners. After the thefts, the men posted pictures of their vehicles on social media. The owner of Magnuson Superchargers said, We got contacted by some local people in Toledo that have a group that go around looking for stolen vehicles, and they work with Toledo Police Department. We got them all back, and they're all in one piece. There is some damage. Whatever damage there is, I can definitely fix. I've got alarm companies coming here tonight. We're going to do some preventative things on the vehicles. So great job by this group that looks for stolen vehicles. I really like that idea. A group of people that evidently just volunteer to go look for stolen vehicles in reported in their area. Great community service and probably makes you feel pretty good to get these things back to their owners. I think the big takeaway here is physical security. I think the article one article said that these vehicles were worth over $400,000 combined. If you're storing that much value in vehicles in trailers that are only secured by padlocks, you probably need to rethink your uh, physical security. <laughs> because they just cut right through the shackles on the padlocks. He showed one of the shackles. Definitely need to think about more layers of security if you're storing something of that value on a uh, lot that doesn't have any security personnel or people there overnight. This next story is actually a little old. I haven't covered it since I originally came across it because it's just a little, uh, well, you'll get it when I go into it. 
So the next story is called Edmonton Police Adopt Constable Danley Woodhall Fatality Inquiry Recommendations on Search Warrants. Edmonton police have accepted a judge's recommendations for changes to search warrant procedures following an inquiry into the 2015 death of Constable Daniel Woodall. Woodall, a hate crimes investigator, was killed while attempting to arrest a suspect on charge of criminal harassment at his West Edmonton home on June 8, 2015. The warrant entry attempt started with an attempt to pick the lock. That attempt failed, and they used a ram on the door. The ram was not immediately successful either. The door was apparently being blocked by something. On the third ramming attempt, the suspect fired through the door, striking two officers. Woodall was shot a number of times. Another officer was injured but survived. The suspect subsequently died after lighting his home on fire and uh, taking his own life. Provincial Court Judge Greg Lepp recommended Edmonton Police update its search warrant policy to require officers who are planning to enter a dwelling to arrest someone to consider whether an alternative plan exists and detail what it is. In a report with his findings, Lepp also called on the police to update their policy to state that entering a home shouldn't be done if less invasive alternatives exist. Changes that EPS has already made that Lepp agrees were necessary include introducing new training for dealing with armed and barricaded persons, including senior members of the service in discussions about tactical considerations for entering into dwellings, turning the hate crimes detail into the hate crimes and violent extremism unit, clarifying the definition of a critical incident, which when triggered ensures a specially trained commander takes charge. And this one is the part that has to do with what we're talking about here. Changing the policy so that lock picking isn't used during life-threatening situations or if person inside the property isn't cooperating. Last place you want to be if you have a, a suspect who's potentially violent and not cooperating is kneeled in front of a door making noise picking on a lock. So I think that's probably a good idea, personally. And they also say creating a more robust risk assessment for officers to complete before seeking a warrant to be able to enter a dwelling. Just something to think about for uh, any first responder. You really don't want to be picking on a door if there's somebody hostile on the other side or potentially somebody hostile on the other side. Uh, Just be safe out there, everybody, please. Just be safe. Didn't have a lot of community news this week, so grabbed onto a few videos. Um, This one was sent in by James Randolph. Bluetooth Attack on Cars and Locks by Hack5. I recommend you watch the video for a good explanation, but in short, it is a new Bluetooth uh, relay attack vulnerability. Bluetooth low energy relay attack vulnerability operates on a different layer than the previous one, and it will work on vehicles as well as Kivo, Quickset, and some wiser smart locks, in addition to many other devices, they say. So, so something to think about. Uh, you might want to disable some of the quick, easy access Bluetooth low energy features on any smart locks you might have. Or potentially talk to your dealer about how to do that on your uh, automobile. But if you want to know all the details, please go watch the video on Hack5. Link in the show notes. Another video came across this week was how Apple AirTags are being used by criminals. And they say GPS tracking devices are becoming more popular and criminals are using them. 
For example, we're seeing Apple AirTags being used to track cars and steal them from driveways, which we have reported on in this podcast before. And in the video, he he explains how to use your iPhone or an Android app provided by Apple to help you detect the signals and potentially find out if you are being tracked by an AirTag and locate it. And if you do locate it, it is recommended that you call the police so they can recover it. There are smooth surfaces on there. They might be able to get a fingerprint to figure out who's trying to track you. And then I thought I would uh, recommend people check out a video by John Locke. What is a good set of lockpicks for beginners? His description says, buying your first lockpicking system may seem like a daunting task. There are so many kits and there are so many picks. What do you actually need? What is junk? I'll break down what is an excellent set of lockpicks for beginners, something that will be a good set yet affordable and will last you throughout your lockpicking career. If you're new to Locksport or looking to buy a lockpick set for someone, I think this will help. So worth checking out. Uh, get his advice on what to buy and use, especially for a new picker. Those pick sets that that many of us started with when we first thought, hey, it'd be interesting to pick blocks, and we go to Amazon or or someplace like that and get a cheap lock pick set. They're just hot garbage. But there are definitely options out there now for quality picks at a reasonable price. Uh, Anyway, check out John Locke's video if you are interested in his recommendations. All right, and moving on here... Uh, kind of YouTube, kind of new products here. I received a note from uh, Newhouse Lock and Key, a mobile locksmith business with an Etsy shop and a YouTube channel. Says he discovered the podcast uh, and absolutely loves it. So he set up a 10% off promo code for his Etsy shop that I can share on the podcast. I'll put that in the sales section later. Looks like his primary product at the moment is Bump Keys but something you might want to check out if you are looking for a set of bump keys. And he says he's also planning on doing a 500 sub giveaway on the YouTube channel, but currently only sitting at around 218 subs. So if you aren't already subscribed, maybe go over and check out the channel and consider subscribing. Also check out the Etsy shop if you're looking for uh, bump keys and the like, and I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. Also, I saw a note from Jimmy Long's, I believe it was on uh, Twitter, or says they are now able to ship his picks from the U.S. and the U.K. Says huge thanks to Gravity Karma. So in the U.S., you buy them through JimmyLongs.com, and in the U.K., it's Locksport.shop, uh, which is actually currently offline. I think until June first is what the website said uh, for personal reasons, but you should be able to buy them from JimmyLongs.com. In the US and Locksport Shop or Locksport.shop in the UK. And Southord has made improvements to their tubular picks. They say we've improved our tubular picks over the years, and now for our most recent improvement, we are introducing tubular lock picks with a solid, repinnable, and removable guide pin. The guide pin's purpose is to help line up the pick in the lock more easily, matching the picking needles with the lock's pins. Though the guide pin is not necessary for picking, it is the picking needles that do the picking, and locks can be picked without it. The guide pin is a recommended feature that assists picking by lining up the pick in the lock effectively. So they reiterate that the new guide pin is solid, removable, and replaceable. 
It can be removed for use in tubular locks that do not have the corresponding notch cut in the core where normally a guide pin would fit. And the new solid guide pin can be replaced by the user should replacing the pin become necessary. So if you're interested in picking one of those up, I will have a link in the show notes to that as well. Moving on to meetups, we have, I saw some tweets this week by St. Con. One of them said, it's a big day for St. Con 2022. New website is available. Our keynotes are now live, including Deviant Olaf, Stephanie Snow Carruthers, and Jason E. Street. And the calendar of events is up. And they also have a list for their previous St. Con speakers, their keynotes that were video recorded on that website as well. St. Con is in Provo, Utah, and is scheduled for October 25th through the 28th, it looks like. And we still have on my notes here, B-Sides Cleveland. That is Friday, June 17th, 2022, through Saturday, June 18th, 2022. Check it out at bsidescleveland.com. And LockCon registration is open for 2022. LockCon will be held Thursday, 25th of August through Sunday, the 28th. And link in the show notes, as always. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts for this week. I saw a brown belt award for Deco. Or Daco. Not sure how to pronounce that, uh, but congratulations to you. On red, I have a make good. I don't think I announced this one. It was May 11th for arm lock on red belt. And just recently, Sep Clues also earned red. So congratulations to both of you. Then we had two black belt announcements this week as well. The first read, it gives me great pleasure to confirm our newest black belt, Lemon. He has earned his black belt the hard way by taking on four black belt locks, including the most important rite of passage for any anti-podian picker, the bylock. In addition to this, he has shown his skill at safe manipulation with a notoriously annoying Lagarde 1548. So congratulations to Lemon on your new black belt. And then we have, they're messing with me with the, on this one. So this next one, I'm not going to read verbatim because it is lyrics to a song. Um, Birdie picked the Asa Twin 6K, the Asa 700, as well as made snazzy milling jig for challenge locks and picked the Miwa U9 and Twin Star. So uh, congratulations on your new black belt, Birdie. And if you're not already familiar with the Lockbreakers United belt system, There are links in the show notes that go through both videos and written explanations of what the system is all about. It is a fun game for those just looking for a challenge to do with lockpicking. Helps you advance through the ranks and kind of gives a, I look at it like it kind of gives a guideline for how to progress through more difficult challenges as you're picking locks. Over at speedlocks.org, PandaFrog, who's been very busy lately, uh, but managed to get some updates here for us. So we have new records. Stabilit A30 was picked by C. Glassy in 
2.202 seconds, the ABIS 713-15 by C. Glassy in 1.034, and the ABIS 6530 by C. Glassy in 6.106, and the Quickset Smart Key Gen 2 by SpeedNut1 in 25.199 seconds. Congratulations on those records. We have some first records here, too. Multilock Interactive by Goose7732 in 2 minutes, 15.335 seconds. Hlay Primus by Regen in 2 minutes, 29.849 seconds. The Multilock Classic with Serrated Drivers by Regen in 48.415 seconds. And in their lock a quarter challenge, the second quarter lock was the ABIS 7240. And he says, first try by Gilgains ended up with a time of 3.5 seconds. HV Logic did his best, but did not beat Gilligan's with a time of 16.967 seconds. And with a time of 4.8, Kraken tried his best, but could not dethrone Gilligan's. So looks like congratulations to Gilligan's on that one. And with that, it's time to say thank you to people that made this episode possible. First off, huge thank you to my newest uh, executive producer level patron, Jimmy Longs. Really appreciate you uh, signing up to be a patron, Jimmy. I know you've been listening to the show for quite a while and you've helped send me news and information uh, quite often. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for all you've done to support the show. So with that, producers for this episode include all of the Patreon subscribers including Jimmy Longs, Panda Frog, Michael Gilcrest, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave To Be Deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Sherelle, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, a.k.a. Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, JHP Picking, Bare Bones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, and NWA Lockpicker. Content producers for this episode, Albert Lobel, Bare Bones Lockpicking, Sherelle, Cleveland Locks, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Gravity Karma, Ifisk, James Randolph, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Newhouse Lock and Key, Pandfrog, and Tony Prelli. Thank you to all of you for your support. You may notice that there was no chief content producer listed this episode. You get that title by being the one who supplies the most content used in a particular episode. But really, this episode was uh, a lot of people that supplied one or two things. There was no way to pick one person to be chief content producer. So we're just skipping it this episode. But remember, the show is only possible because of the information and support from the community. So if you value this podcast, the number one most important thing you can do to help out is by sending in news, links, events, giveaway information, anything at all that's locksport related, locksmith related, physical security related. You can send that to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes or go to thelocksportscast.com slash support for all the different uh, ways to contact. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. Leave a review, comment, or thumbs up, whatever the platform you listen on allows. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. If you want to help financially, you are welcome to donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. Definitely not required, but always appreciated. If you support the show with a donation or information that I use in an episode of the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. So thank you to all of you that I mentioned today. Reminder, I'm always looking for interesting stories related to Locksport. Anything you have that maybe happened to you because of Locksport, 
your story about your journey through Locksport, um, anything at all, send it in uh, to com slash contact or email me at podcast com if you have a story. You're also welcome to send feedback, com slash contact or the email. As always, that feedback can either be confidential or public. If you want to share it on the show, you're welcome to, and you can do it in a note, a video, or audio recording. Just remember to keep it reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, no drama. When I mean reasonable length, I'm talking uh, three minutes, max five, if it's really interesting. Uh, moving on to an interesting story I came across. This one was in the Spokesman Review, written by Jim Kirshner. It's a recap of a really old article. A uh, hundred years ago in eastern Washington, Big Mac, a notorious safecracker, shared his surprising thoughts on booze and the tragic origin story of his life on crime. The article says that J. Walker Plexonka, uh, a.k.a. Big Mac, declared from his jail cell that booze and robbing banks don't go together. Big Mac was a professional yegman, safecracker, who was arrested near Ritzville when he and his bank-robbing pals skidded their car off of the highway. Police found two ounces of nitroglycerin explosive in Big Mac's shirt pocket along with burglary and safe-cracking tools. And for those of you who don't know, nitroglycerin is extremely sensitive to shocks. That was part of the reason of the invention of dynamite is to help stabilize it some. So, as the sheriff says here, he's quote, it is saying, how they escaped without being blown to atoms in the wreck is a miracle. The article continues, it wasn't clear whether Big Mac had been drinking when the wreck happened, but he believed booze was a problem in his chosen career. He's quoted as saying, the reason so many yeggs are failing these days is because they are mixing with bootleggers. I am a firm believer in prohibition and the stricter it is enforced, the safer and more profitable my profession will be. <laughs> Uh, you can be a better criminal if you're not drunk. That's what that line says, I think. Big Mac said he had been a student at the University of California, but he turned crooked after he was arrested and jailed for what he said was a bogus burglary charge. He said, quote, It broke my mother's heart, and I, embittered by the injustice and ashamed to ever go home again, and drilled in crook lore in the penitentiary, decided I would get even with the law for what it had done to me. So that was a hundred years ago. So that would have been um, in 1922. Interesting story. Advocating for prohibition to make safe crackers more profitable. And that bit about nitroglycerin in your shirt pocket while you're driving down the road. Oof. My goodness. Well, I guess if it's in your shirt pocket and it does go off, it'd be quick and probably relatively painless, I guess. All right, so on to actual criminal news. Two charged with stealing money from gaming machines. This was reported by NBC12 on May 26th. They say Prince George County Police charged two people with stealing money from gaming machines. On May 26th, officers were called to Star Express for a robbery. When the officers arrived, they found two people trying to break into gaming machines. During their investigation, police said they found the suspects had taken approximately $3,500 from a machine. Police said the suspects had a loaded Glock 9mm, additional ammunition, marijuana products, and narcotics, and specialized key and lock-picking tools. 
Both face charges related to tampering and stealing money from gaming machines. And if you go there and check out the article, the picture shows what appears to be, it's hard to tell from distance, but it shows what appears to be actual lockpicks in their kit. So I would say they qualify as lockpicking criminals. And the next story was burglars take off with entire safe and cash from Arlington County business. This was reported in the Arlington Daily Voice by Josh Lanier. And the story says that thieves in Arlington skipped safe cracking in place. They just stole the safe, which is actually not that uncommon. A business in the 1400 block of South Fern Street told Arlington County Police that robbers smashed in the store's glass door around 1 a.m. and stole several cash register tills and a safe. Police did not name the business in the report or how much was taken. Police said two people were involved in the break-in. Yeah, so lesson here, don't keep money in the till, put it in the safe, and make sure that safe is either an in-floor safe or it is bolted down. If the safe can be taken, then they can crack it at their leisure. All right, now we're moving on to sales. New house lock and key, 10% off with the code the lock sports CST, so without the A. And in the interest of full disclosure, I did not ask this, but Newhouse Lock and Key, uh, he did say that at the end of the month, he wanted to donate uh, part of the earnings from the code to the Lock Sportscast. Um, I told him that wasn't necessary, but he said he wanted to do it anyway. But full disclosure, I want to be honest with you guys, so there it is. Anyway, it's in the show notes, both on YouTube and in the podcast. I believe that expires at the end of June, and that's for his store at Etsy.com, Newhouse Lock and Key. Peterson has their overstock sale going on, so just go to Peterson, look under their tab for overstock, and check out all the discounts they've got going there. Looks like they've got their hydrometer rubber picks the ones that they hadn't already sold when they were closing those out and a few others and they're only six dollars each instead of their list of 16 so pretty good deal on peterson picks if you're looking for some barebones lock picking has the discount code train with dalp 10 that is 10 percent off storewide on top of any other discounts that expires on 13th of june it looks like 2022 dark and that's it And that's at barebonelockpicking.com. And if you shop at lockpickmall.com, you have a choice of several coupon codes. We have one for Dark Arts Lockpicking, that is Dark VIP. We have one for Albert LaBelle, the code is just simply Albert. And one for Joe Picks, and the code is Joe Picks. So your choice, pick the one you want to use, pick the Lux Porter you want to support, and uh, use their code. Over at 3dlocksport.com, you can get 10% off with the code LSCAST10. At Mako Locks, you can get 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. At uklockpickers.co.uk, you can get 10% off with the code GIFT. Moving on to giveaways, Pandafrog. Mini Panda Frog 2 giveaway is still running. That is the hashtag Mini Panda Frog 2. And it will run until Mini Panda Frog 2 is born. The expected due date was June 8th. Just a reminder, they can come early. 
Get your entries in now if you haven't yet. You don't want to miss out on this one. And the more people enter, the bigger the prize pool. So be sure to check it out. CLK Supplies, hashtag LockBoss giveaway. Lots of great prizes there because they are a locksmith supplier. So if you're into the giveaway thing, they are a great one to get into. And just a reminder for everybody on the subject of giveaways, what my rules are. I know some people like to do giveaways specifically to thank the subscribers that are already subscribed. So because of that, I do not share giveaways unless one of two things. Either the giveaway specifically asks for it to be shared in the description of the video, or it is the channel creator that asks me to share the giveaway. If you share with me a giveaway, if you're not the owner of the channel and you share a giveaway with me, if it's not specifically laid out in the rules that they want this shared, I won't. I'm going to assume that they don't want it shared unless they specifically say they do. Just the way I run things here. Um, easiest way around that is to put it in there that you would like it shared. Uh, the other way is to contact me directly, which is probably the better way to make sure I know about it. But uh, contact me directly if you're the, the, run, the person running the giveaway, and I will get it in the show. And I just want to thank everybody for listening in and staying tuned uh, to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I was going through a pretty stressful time here for the last few months, working up to 72 hours a week, trying to run a house uh, and uh, do a podcast all at the same time. I know I'm behind on a few promises about the Locky Awards and getting some padlocks out. I'm working on getting caught up enough that I can do that. I was thinking I was there when I got jury duty. Um, so rest assured, I'm aware I'm behind on things. I'm trying to get this episode out on time so I can get back on track with that. And I really appreciate all of your support. I, I missed one episode here last week and that was actually, you know, partly in because of the jury duty stuff, but also I was just, I was stressed out. I was tired. I'm burned out feeling. Uh, taking a week off was really uh, helped me relax a little bit and not stress over this while I was dealing with everything else. And uh, the recent influx of patrons has been uh, also quite uplifting. So I'm feeling the energy a little more again, getting back into it, trying to dig up news myself besides what's sent in by you guys. But I just want to say thank you again for everyone who kept listening and all of you that really did a great job of sending in news, links, events, giveaway information, everything while I was just swamped and couldn't do it myself. So um, thank you. I really appreciate you all. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, remember to keep sending in that news. Uh, don't stop now. I do have more time to search out stuff on my own, but I really do, do rely quite heavily on the stuff sent in by you, the community, the people out there actually doing it while I'm in here recording it. So thank you for your support. Remember to keep picking and remember to keep it legal.